Good morning, church. Yeah. Man, it feels so good to be in the house of the Lord, I'm telling you. Man, it's, it's always an honor and a, and a privilege, man, to be able to share God's word with you. Like, just don't understand what it means to me. It gives me life a lot of times. And I'm excited for today. Excited just because I think this is a, a topic and an area that a lot of us can relate to. You know, last week I talked about uh, sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of a road and sometimes it's not where we started with God, but sometimes we look at our situation and we say, man, Lord, is this it? Is this where I'm going to stay on this road? And we talked about a blind man who wasn't born blind, but he found himself to be blind and he found himself to be broke. He found himself to be in a position that I think a lot of us can feel at times of just being stuck. And it's one that we can feel like, man, I don't know, Lord, if I'm ever going to get out of this place. Uh, but then he heard about Jesus, and he heard that Jesus was passing through. And even though he didn't have any visual sight, he still had sight to see, you know what, I can't miss on this opportunity. I need what Jesus has. He didn't allow his situation of financially being broke. He didn't allow his lack of sight. He didn't allow all the things that have come against him in that road. He shouted for Jesus. And what do people do? People do what people do, right? They opposed him. They said, hey, hey, we're trying to do all that. Thought I had a little echo. They opposed him. But he did something that I told us that we all need to do when it comes to our place, whether we are blind, whether we are broke, whether we are stuck on the road. No matter what is opposing us, even if it is other people, we ought to push through that, right? And so the man, he shouted louder. He said, I ain't going to let what's going on in my life prevent me from what God has for me. I'm going to shout louder. I ain't going to let these people keep me from the blessing and the miracle that I need in my life. And he received that. And not only did he receive it, immediately it said that he followed Jesus in that moment. He was praising him. But he said, look, I'm walking with you. I'm not going back home. I'm not going anywhere else. This is where I need to be is with you. And it's such a powerful thing. He didn't allow his situation to keep him where he was. Well, today we're going to be in Luke chapter 12, and so you have a Bible, feel free to turn it out, okay, pull it out. I know usually we don't do that, even if you got a Bible on your phone, all right? I'm not going to be mad if you're on your phone unless you're Josh, all right? Your wife told me that. She said, I seen Josh on the phone, baby. <laughs> no, you good, you good, bro. But you have a Bible, turn to it. If not, we'll have it on the screen as always. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 12, and we're going to be reading about Jesus doing Jesus things. And when I say Jesus doing Jesus things, oftentimes we think, oh, he's going to be doing a healing. He's going to be doing a miracle. But you know what Jesus did more than that? He was teaching. He was preaching. He was giving them the word of God. And oftentimes people came to him because they were looking for the spectacle. They were looking for the performance. They were looking for the things that they've heard about. Not necessarily coming to receive the word, but what did Jesus say? He said, you know what? You can't just live on bread alone. And the thing is, he was the bread. He is the bread. And so a lot of times he was preaching and he was teaching them. And in this case, he was teaching them about parables. And, and in this section, he was talking about possessions and the things that are more valuable and more important. And when we think about our world, everybody's what? They want all the wealth. They want all the riches. And they feel like, if I have these things, then my life will be good. But the thing is, you can have all the money, you can have all the riches, and you can still go to hell. You can have all the money and all the riches and still live a life of hell. And that's what Jesus wants us to capture. It don't matter if you're rich, poor, broke, wherever you find yourself in. 
There's going to be times, there's going to be moments in your life that you're going to be stressed. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be filled with anxiety. You are going to be in a place that's going to feel so dark, so isolated, so alone. And it's understanding that those wealth, those things that you're chasing after, they can't go with you any further than that. But what Jesus has, what God has for you is something that's eternal. It's something that only is going to bless you in the life after, but it's going to bring heaven to this life here. And so we're going to be reading about how Jesus is speaking to him about this situation, about worrying, being overwhelmed. But before we go any further, you know, I want to pray. I want to pray that the presence of the Lord continues to saturate our hearts, our minds, our souls, that we would really receive what he has for us. But we wouldn't just receive it. We would cling to it. We would hold on to it. We would actually apply it, walk, and have it a part of our life. Because there's too many times that Jesus says a word to us, and we ignore the word. There's too many times he gave us a step in front of us, and we took the step on the side of us. And so I just pray that we would be those people that were constantly walking with the Lord, because he has what's best for us, better than what we have for ourselves. So just let's pray real quick. Father, we just come before you, Lord, just humbled of how good you are to us. Father, would you just fill us with your presence this morning in ways that we just feel the comfort and love of a parent that is just showering their child with unconditional love in a way that is washing away maybe the things that we walked in here with, Lord, and all we could see, all we could hear, all we could feel is that we are loved by you. Would you speak to us this morning, Lord, in a way that brings healing, in a way that brings deliverance, in a brain that brings redemption, in a way that makes us whole. Father, would you just come and be with us this morning? Father, we love you. We lift this all to you, Lord. We ask that you would strip off all the things that are constantly weighing us down, constantly struggling with us, Lord, that are causing distractions, that are all against us. Help us be like that man and shout louder to you when we're on that road, when we're opposed. Help us shout louder this morning, Jesus. We love you and pray this in your name. Amen. Luke chapter 12, verse 21. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Y'all ready? If you're not ready, say, hold up, pastor. All right. Verse 21, he says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is far more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if your worry can accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Hmm. It's powerful. Jesus said it is foolish to be storing up things of wealth on this earth, believing that's going to benefit you more than your relationship with him. It's foolish. You can't take these things with you. You're not going to take them to the grave, right? The Egyptians, what did they do? They said, hey, you're going to put me in this tomb, make sure I got all my stuff with me. They passed away. All that stuff still remained there. And that's the thing. We can't take anything with us to move forward. And even there's no guarantee that the things that you pass on to your family, to those that you give away, like, there's no guarantee they're going to take care of it. There's no guarantee that they're going to manage it well. There's no guarantee that they're even going to be able to keep up with it. 
But the thing that is everlasting is our relationship with the Lord. And he says that is eternal, not only in the life to come, but in the life that we have now. And that's what he's trying to tell us, man. You got to understand there is a rich relationship that I have for you. And it's better than what this world has to offer. Jesus say, look, yes, I know there are some things that you physically need, that you spiritually need, that you mentally need. I know you got them bills. I know some of them bills are late. Don't worry, we're going to take care of that. I know you're hungry. I know you physically need to feed your body. I know you need to do all these different things. I know your needs, Jesus is saying. But don't allow what you need to take from what I've already given you. Don't allow what you're currently in need of to make you forget of all that I am and all that I have for you. And that's where I want us to start this morning. I want you to take this away. Worrying doesn't bring relief. It just adds stress. Worrying. It's not going to help any situation. It's going to add to it. What did he say? He said, can worrying add a single moment to your life? He said, if it can't do something for a little thing, how are you going to use it for something big? If it isn't birthing relief, it's going to birth greater stress. And I think about myself, right, being a man, being a Hispanic Mexican man, we're probably some of the worst people at this. But how many of us have gotten sick or know somebody has gotten sick? And you're like, hey, man, you should probably rest. You should probably take some medicine. You should probably go to the doctor. And what do they say? I'm good. I'll be all right. It's not that big of a deal. Days pass on, right? You check on them again. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing worse, man. Oh, did you take some medicine? Well, nah. Did you go see the doctor? Well, nah, I ain't do all that. Before you know it, they finally go to the doctor, and they're already at a worse place than they started off with. And a lot of times it's because they allowed a little problem to accumulate, to compound, to build up, and to grow into a bigger one. And I think about this because I'm that guy. I'm the head person. that my wife will be like, hey, did you take some medicine? And I'm like, you sure right. I need to take some medicine, right? Did you drink some emergency? I'm like, you sure right. Before, I used to be like, no, nah, I don't need any of those things. Nowadays, I'm trying to listen, though. Because I realize that I'm adding to the stress. And that's what worrying does. It has the same capabilities when it's left ignored, when it's left unattended. That even a little worry, as insignificant as it may seem when it's left unchecked, is cracking the door open to a larger problem. And it won't be long before that door is kicked down. And that's the thing about worry. Worry likes to build up. Worry likes to grow. And just from a medical standpoint, I want you to understand the effects of worrying, okay? <clears throat> this is from WebMD. It says worrying can turn excessive and it could trigger your nervous system. It could throw things out of whack. You could become dizzy. You could become fatigued. You could become with headaches, muscle aches, muscle tension, nausea, high blood pressure, stress, shortness of breath. These are just a few symptoms. But it gets worse than that. You can have panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Short-term memory loss. You can have suppression of your immune system. You can have digestive disorder, premature coronary artery disease, heart attacks. I mean, you could lose your appetite. You could not be able to sleep at night. It can rob you of a lot of things in your life, and it could do it fast and in a hurry. Worrying is a dangerous thing. And Jesus says, if that isn't enough to get you to realize that, man, it also makes you forget how valuable you are to me. It also makes you forget how faithful I am to you. Because what did he say? You are far more important than any kind of bird. How many of us have gone to shopping centers and you see some birds, you're like, man, these birds are not missing a meal. 
These dudes are plump. They thick. I don't know where they live. I don't know where they eating. But somebody is taking good care of them, right? And sometimes we forget that we that. God is willing to do that for us. He's willing to love us and care for us in that type of way, in ways that are far greater than that. God's ensuring us that he's going to comfort us, that we're going to be cared for at a higher level. So worrying doesn't bring relief. It's just going to add to your stress, church. It's going to get worse. Let's see what else Jesus says. Let's go to verse 27. He said, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon and all his glory was not as dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all around the world. But your father already knows your needs. He already knows. And it makes me think back to what we just read earlier. Because if you remember, right, Jesus said, hey, man, don't worry about your wealth. You need to work about the rich relationship. But then it said he turned to his disciples. So that means Jesus was like, hey, he's talking to the crowd. He's like, these people are probably going to hear me, but they're not going to catch what I'm saying. But I want to make sure that the people that are walking with me, that are living with me, don't miss this. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us today. Hey, I need y'all to wake up. I need you to receive this because there's some people that are going to be around you. They ain't got the same relationship as me. And when I tell them this, they're not going to receive it. But I need you to. Because they're going to have something else to tell you. And it ain't going to make sense. It ain't going to help you. But the thing that I have for you, I don't want nobody to rob you of that. He turned to his disciples. And Jesus is turning to us and he's telling us this again. He said, look at the lilies. You see how they're growing? Then he followed it, reminding them again how much they're cared for. How our faith gets affected not just by the worries that we allow in our life, but also where our focus is, right? Because if we allow worry to come in, then it's going to take our attention and our focus. That's going to take our time. That's going to take our energy. Before you know it, we're consumed by it. Before you know it, it's just like all we can think about. It's all we can see. We lose sight of how God cares for us, of God, God's faithful to us, of how God loves us. We lose sight of how God is moving, how he's moved before, or how he's faithful. We lose sight of his promises. We lose sight of God when we focus on our worries. And this is what I want you to receive this morning. I want you to take this away too. That what we focus on grows. What you focus on is going to grow. That could be a good thing. That could be a very bad and terrible thing, just like those worries. How many of us have said, man, you know what? If I just had some greater faith, maybe my struggle wouldn't be that hard. If I had faith like pastor, man, I would be okay. I'm like, you don't don't want that, okay. (laughs) But how many of us have seen people, right? And we're like, man, I just need greater faith, and I could endure this situation. I could get through this problem. Man, I'll be all right. But I shared last week, right, when Jesus was telling us that even the faith of a mustard seed, that's really all you need. And that's really not a lot. If I had a mustard seed in my hand, there's a good chance you probably wouldn't be able to see it. It probably looked like just another one of my moles, okay? But he's saying, man, it doesn't take much for him to do something. And that's the great advantage that we have as a church, as a believer, as a follower, is that he doesn't need a lot to do a lot. He can take two fish and five loaves and feed thousands. He could take his word, and before you even go and check on that person, they're already healed and delivered. It doesn't take a lot. 
He just needs faith. And sometimes we think our faith isn't enough. We think we need greater faith. Man, he could bring dead situations back to life even when there was no life left. I think about how Becca shared a couple weeks ago about Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was dead four days before Jesus pulled up. So that means they left no conclusion. Everybody's like, what are you doing here? There's no point. And still, he brought him back to life. Because Jesus doesn't need a lot to do a lot. And he's trying to tell us, man, we got to be careful with our thoughts. We got to be careful with our focus. Because there are a lot of non-believers, people that don't have a relationship with me, and they're being dominated by the things that they're experiencing. And we are going to fall into the same pattern when our focus is there. Because what we focus on grows. It's going to grow, church. Just think about it. You ever woke up, you know what I'm saying? You're ready, you're excited for the day. Something bad happens, something negative happens. Before you know it, it's like, that's all you can see. It's that negativity just starts to grow in your life because that's all you see. Like, ah, man, now this, now that. Now they're calling me about this. And all you can see is negative situation because what we focus on is going to grow. Our focus can overtake us to the point that we start to change and be changed by it. And I think about this personally just for me. Like, I've been telling y'all that I've been going through it. Like, there's been a lot of internal turmoil, okay, I would say, in the nicest way possible, that I've been just experiencing, right? And I think about my life, and I think about many of the trials that I've been in, and I'm just like, Lord, this don't make no sense. Why you got to be putting me through some of these things? And it's hard. And I've allowed the worries and I've allowed my focus to be so consumed and so wrapped up that I've become depressed, that I have had anxiety, that I've been stressed out, church. And I've been stressed out to a point that I don't really remember being this stressed out to. And I will tell you this because I'm just being honest and transparent. When I was younger, I used to smoke cigarettes, but it was more like just a a nonchalant thing, right? I really didn't care. But in this season of being stressed, I had one cigarette and (laughs) I'll be honest with you, man, it had me smoking. Like smoking, smoking. Now, I ain't smoking a pack a day, but I started smoking cigarettes like it was a normal thing. Like, because what I focus on is growing in a way that is changing me to something that I'm not. And one day, the other day, matter of fact, I'm outside smoking, and my beautiful daughter comes to me, Ellie Mae. She said, Dad, what are you doing? And in the moment, that's the last thing I wouldn't think about. Man, I'm just sitting here stressed out smoking. Just, what are you talking about? I said, Girl, you need to get back. You don't need to be around this smoke. She said, no, Dad, what are you doing? Like, you don't need that in your life. That isn't for you. You need to quit that. You need to promise me that you're not going to smoke no more. And it messed me up, church. It messed me up a lot because I was like, what are you doing? Like, you've allowed your focus, you've allowed your worries to come so bad that you are changing the person that you are to something that you're not. And that's the danger of focusing on the wrong thing. Is it going to have you in a place like that? But thankfully for the Lord, <laughs> thankfully for the blessing of the people that he will surround you with will check you sometimes, even your own children. So I'm glad that my child will check me. I'm glad that they'll speak to me. Because I need that, church. I need that. My focus had been wrapped up so much in my pain and just some of the things, man, that, man, it, it was getting out of control. And I'm like, man, I got to get my focus back on Jesus I got to keep my focus back on the things that I know that God is faithful with. So church, we got to be careful what we focus on because it's going to grow and left unchecked, it's going to dominate you. It's going to wear you down. It's going to break you down in a way that you don't even recognize yourself anymore. 
Let's keep reading. Then Jesus said this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. He's letting us know, man, this is something God wants to do in our life, something he wants to give to us. Sell your possessions and give to those in need, and this will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven will never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it, and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, the desires of your heart also will be. Again, Jesus said, man, you got to shift your focus. You got to shift your worries. You got to shift your mind, your action, your thoughts. You need all these things. You need to go back to Jesus. All these things need to go back to the Lord. All these things got to go back to the Holy Spirit so you can be reaping things that are everlasting, so you can be reaping things that are good instead of reaping the destruction that you're setting yourself on. So maybe the reason that our needs aren't being met is because we've been seeking the wrong things. And I want you to take this away finally this morning. We seek what we treasure. We seek what we treasure. Now, if I were to give you all a pen and a pad, right, and I said, hey, I want you to write down the things that you treasure in this life, we would probably have a list that the Lord would be proud of. We would probably have a lot of things that we're like, man, that looks pretty good. But Jesus is telling us, man, our hearts reflect something else sometimes. That we could take things in our own hand and lead us to a course that we think we're seeking the treasure and we're really not. And when we start to fall and not do this life and this quest with God and this kingdom, we're going to fall into the trap of believing that we're in the right pursuit of going for the wrong things. We could all say with our words and with our mouth, with our thoughts, right? No, these are the things that I treasure. But if our actions don't match our words, don't match our thoughts, don't match those things, then what are we really saying? Because those things should line up. If I say this thing, then it should match this thing. And if they don't, then well, there's a problem there. And Jesus said, you want to find out what you treasure? You want to find out where your heart's been? Look at what you've been doing. Because even though you wrote these things down that you treasure, even though I know that your heart and your intentions are for these things, your words, your actions are sowing something else, and you are seeking after things that you didn't even know you're treasuring. He said, look at where you're spending your time, your energy, where, where you're pouring yourself into. Because that's going to say a lot about your heart and what you're treasuring. And you could tell yourself all day long, like, these things don't matter to me. They don't. Well, they do. Y'all know that saying, right? We make time for the things that were important to us. If it's important to us, we're going to make time for it, right? Sometimes we don't realize that we are making time for the wrong things. And we're thinking, oh, that's not something I consider a lot. It's not a treasure to me. But we are making it a treasure because it's something that we are seeking. It's something we're actively pursuing. But the good news is, today's a new day. It's filled with new opportunities, new moments. And even though that might have been a treasure that you weren't even aware you were seeking, there's always time to change that now. And so I was, I was preparing and I was going through this message. I was like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me, man? <laughs> Something uplifting, encouraging, right? And he said, no, I want you to check yourself. Because you don't realize how you've left worry, your focus, get out of hand, and to the point that it's affecting the things that you treasure. And this is my challenge for all of us today, that you evaluate yourself. What has been bringing you worries? What has been really stressing you out? Like you need to identify these things because they are some things 
that you are adding to it that don't need to be there. And it's, uh, until we identify it, until we check it, man, that door is always going to remain. And it's going to add more stress, more problems, more issues. We need to see what's our focus been on, right? We say, man, I, I love my kids, but we don't spend no time with our kids. It's so, oh, your focus is probably off then. Well, I love the Lord, but I don't spend no time with the Lord. But then your focus is probably off then. We got to see what we have been focusing, spending our time and our energy, our thoughts, all this energy, all these things. Where has it been? What have we been pouring into? And then we got to look at those lists, right, of the things that we treasure. We got to say, you know what? Something is out of whack because these things are not matching up. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love the ch- I love all these things. But for some reason, my worries are over here. My focus is over here. My time, my energy, like, I got to fix something, Lord, because something is wrong. And it's in those moments that you start to discover that you've been seeking after some treasures that maybe you didn't realize. And that's a hard truth to face. Ain't nothing harder than facing yourself in the mirror and just looking at your own mess. It's one thing to come out here and share it with you in some context. But it's even harder to go home and look myself in the mirror and say, boy, what are you doing? You're better than this. You don't need to be doing this. I hear the Lord telling me that. Son, what are you doing? Haven't we already overcome these things? I'm like, yes, Lord. Then why are you worrying about me? Where's your focus been at, son? It's unless we evaluate ourselves and start to identify these things, they're going to continue. They're going to continue to get out of hand. They're going to continue to change us to somebody that we're not, change us in ways that we don't even want to be a part of. But the Lord is gracious to us, just like his son. He's willing to meet us where we're at and help us take us to a place that we need to be. It might not go the way that you want, but he reminds us that God knows our situation, that he cares for us, that he wants to move in it, right? It says the Lord finds happiness in giving you the kingdom. We have to see what the problem is getting in the way of us receiving this kingdom. Because God wants to give us more to this life than problems. And we have to learn how to be self-aware when the problems that we are in are bigger than ourselves. So we got to evaluate ourselves, church. And I know that's not a comfortable thing to do. But there's going to be so much freedom. There's going to be so much healing. There's going to be so much transformation whenever you're able to do this. And actually walk with the Lord in it. So when y'all check me, y'all say, Pastor, are you still smoking cigarettes? You better put them cigarettes away, boy. Get your life together, man. You better snap out of it. Because we'll all click up on you. Church, we got to be real, though. And that's the beauty of Jesus, that he would come down. He would sacrifice his life for somebody that wasn't always going to be faithful to him. And he would do so willingly whether we accept him or not. He said, Father, would you take this cup of suffering, but may your will be done. He said, even though they might not receive what I'm saying, they might not receive what I have from Lord, I'm willing to do this because I love them the same way that you love me. And hopefully they will discover that love one day. And he gave his life for us on the cross. Three days later, he rose from the tomb. He broke the sin, the condemnation, all the things that we still feel like we're attached to when we mess up, even when we're walking with the Lord. He said, no, none of that stuff matters anymore. That is buried and tossed away. 
What I have for you is a new life. What I've raised up is some new things in your life. But you got to walk with me and you receive it. So, Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord, just helping us. Would you help us check ourselves, Lord? Would you identify the things that we've been worrying ourselves uh, that have gotten out of control? Would you help us see where our focus has been and just how we missed the mark at times? Would you help us reevaluate the things that we're treasuring and what our actions, what our minds, what we're actually seeking? Father, we need your help for this, Lord. We can't do this without you. And that's part of the problem. We've been trying to do this without you. We've been trying to do this without the people that you sent for us. We're trying to do this in our own authority, on our own power, Lord. But we know that it's in you that we have to do these things. Because your word tells us, every knee shall bow. That you will have all power and authority on heaven and on earth. That through you we have the ability to bind, to loosen things on earth. But if we leave them unchecked, they are going to continue to wreck our lives. So Lord, help us get things in check. Help us check our lives, ourselves, our families, our households. The things that have gotten out of control, Lord, we declare we're ordered today in the name of Jesus. The things that are not of you, Lord, we claim them free and gone in the name of Jesus. It's only you that we were receiving, Lord. And the same thing that we've been talking about, we receive nothing less than you, Lord. So would you help us walk with you in that? Not just today, Lord, but every day until we are home with you. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need, a, you need some prayer, as always, you're welcome to come to the altar, come to his feet. You're welcome to go to the back to the prayer team members. But let's worship the Lord this morning.